Hi, and welcome to the Frugal Debt-Free Life Podcast. I am your host, Lydia Sin. I am a mama, a wife, an entrepreneur, and a budgeting enthusiast. I am by no means an expert, but each week I like to sit down and share with you a few tips and ideas on how to live a limitless life on a limited budget because life doesn't always fit inside a cash envelope. And today we're going to be deep diving into four mistakes that I made in my 20s and how you can avoid them. So let's go. But first, I want to say thank you. This is the season finale of season one of the Frugal Debt-Free Life podcast. We're going to be taking a little break and then coming back at you later this year with 10 brand new episodes. So stay tuned for the announcement. If you do not follow me on Instagram, that is the first place you will get information. I am Lydia Sin over there, and then you can always check me out at frugaldebtfreelife.com. So let's just dive into four money mistakes I regret and how you can avoid them. I say this all the time, but I mean it. No one is a perfect little money angel, so let's not go around pretending that we are because that helps no one. And so even though we are out of debt, I like to own up to my mistakes, let you know that I got here the hard way, the real way. I had to work for it and really change some habits. And you know, last week was Amazon Prime Week. If you're listening to this podcast when it came out, last week was Amazon Prime Week and there were so many quote unquote good deals happening. And there were a few things, y'all, that I got on Amazon, looked at, put in my cart and almost purchased, even though I didn't need them. I could justify all day long that, oh, it's something I wanted for a long time, and yeah, we technically have the extra money, and oh, it's on sale, but I didn't need it. And I still fall back into bad spending habits sometimes, and so it's a constant for me to have to make these good choices over and over again. And so I'm going to share with you some of the biggest, worst mistakes that I made. Okay, so number one was buying a house when we didn't have adequate savings. So after Jason and I got married, we were living in Atlanta. And at the time, the rent in Atlanta was very, very reasonable. You could rent a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment or even a house for $750 a month in a nice neighborhood in a gated complex. You could you could rent a really nice apartment, townhome, whatever, for less than $800 a month. You you couldn't get that deal now to save your life. But you could also very easily get a mortgage. They were basically just giving them away at the outlet mall. You could just get, they would give anyone a mortgage. And house payment was right about the same price. So you were getting, you know, a ton more house for the same amount of money. If you're laughing at me, If you're laughing, you can already see my flawed logic. Yes, I know. I wish I had known when I was 23. Buying a house when you have a $750 a month mortgage is not the same as rent at a $750 a month rent because you're on the hook for taxes and insurance and all the repairs and if things break and there's no flexibility when it's time to move or if you lose a job. And we didn't have an emergency fund. Well, I don't think we even had $1,000 in the bank when we bought that house. It was not a smart move, and I don't know why anyone lent us that money. Obviously, you know when you buy a house, anything that breaks is your responsibility, and you have to fix it. And if you don't have money to fix it, it either stays broken or you put that on credit. So when the recession hit and the economy went to crap and my husband took a $15 an hour pay cut 
and I lost my job on the very same day, imagine what home ownership with no savings account was like for us. Stupidest decision ever. And I guess it would be not having an emergency fund would technically be my biggest regret, but also bringing a home on top of that. I was responsible for all of this. <laughs> and, and having to figure out how to get rid of that home was a mess. And I still have a lot of anxiety when I think about it, to be quite honest with you. I know it's been a decade. I need to forgive myself and move on and let go. And I've learned so much from that time. And I've been able to teach people, you know, I started the blog and the YouTube and now this podcast, and I hope these tools have helped you, but I still carry a lot of shame as a result of that time in my life. In the same situation, buying a home with a very small down payment, I think we put down 3% maybe. The recommended amount is 20%. That's what the experts will tell you. That's going to greatly reduce not only your monthly payment, but the amount of interest you pay over the life of your loan. And we just, we did not think it through. We just had this idea that we needed to start out life in this house and have as good of a house as our parents had. And that whole mentality of the things that you deserve starting out, that has killed so many dreams. When you leave college thinking that you should have all of these things that people who have been out in the world for decades longer than you, that I really feel like that has been the downfall of so many people. My second regret, not using credit responsibly. So here is how I differ from a lot of people in the debt-free community. I don't think credit cards are evil, but personally, I don't have one because it lacks accountability for me. I have a shared bank account with my husband, and if I spend a bunch of money that I don't need to be spending, it's right there in black and white where both of us can see it. But a credit card for me just lacks the accountability. I don't think about what I've spent until the bill comes. I don't have an emotional connection to the money. I'm basically spending someone else's money for a limited amount of time. And so for me, it's just not a good idea. But there are people who have credit cards and they pay them off every single month and they use the points and they have amazing credit scores. Although I have an amazing credit score, surprisingly, because I have a mortgage but no other debt. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. (laughs) But they use these points and they, you know, do great things with their credit. And I think that's fine. I've spent the past decade not using a credit card at all. And Prior to that, I had spent a decade using credit irresponsibly, and it's just it's just not for me. In fact, when we went to buy that house that I just talked about, regretting buying, our realtor pulled our information, and she said to my husband, you've got great credit, and then she looked at me and said, I've never seen this before. You have no credit, and we still got a mortgage, so riddle me that, Batman. Okay, so number three, thinking that I could afford something just because I could afford the monthly payment. We're talking about cars, furniture, so much stuff that we financed when we were young, foolish, stupid, (laughs) first married. We should have gone through Financial Peace University in the beginning. And I think from henceforth, if I know you and you're getting married, that's what I'm getting you as a wedding gift, Financial Peace University. You're welcome. But we had this idea, we need a new couch. Let's go to Rooms to Go. We can get one for $98 a month. 
And here's the thing, y'all. If you put something, if you finance something for long enough, yeah, you can afford it. If you finance a couch for five years, sure, you can afford it. You can finance a Silverado for eight years and afford it, but that doesn't mean you can really afford it. You can make a monthly payment, but that doesn't mean that it's something that you need to buy. Being able to afford something and being able to make payments on something are not necessarily the same thing. That's my mindset. If you have the money set aside for it and the cash to pay for it, then it's yours. But if making monthly payments means you're taking money away from your future self, from your savings account, and from your goals, that's stealing from your future. And your future you is worth more than whatever it is that you think you need today. And finally, my final regret, not tracking my spending. And to be completely honest, this is something I still struggle with sometimes because I get into autopilot and I get tired and I get lazy and I don't track my spending. But tracking your spending is really, really important. Seeing where your money is going every single month not only keeps you accountable in the moment, as in if I spend $65 of my grocery budget at Target, I will not have enough money to buy groceries, but it also helps you stay on track so you know exactly where your money is going, exactly where your budget is leaking, and exactly where you can prove upon things. I would love to know some areas where you have made financial mistakes. Also, are you like me and you just carry around this weird shame I'm very quick to forgive other people's mistakes, but it's harder sometimes for me to get past my own. And it's something I should probably go to therapy for, but now's not the time. (laughs) I don't have time right now. I don't know why I feel this way. It's been years. It's been over a decade and I've lived an entire life since then. And I need to just let go and move on and forgive myself. Everyone makes mistakes. It's important though to move past them and to not relive them and to make sure that we don't continue to repeat them over and over again. And a mistake can easily become a habit, and then a habit can become bondage. And I don't want to live that way forever, and I don't want you to live that way either. And so I feel like if I can admit to you the mistakes I made and show you that I got past them, maybe that can help you. And then maybe you can encourage me to let go of some of this guilt that I feel over mistakes of my past, money mistakes, because what is that quote, failure is a bruise, not a tattoo? And if I hadn't made those mistakes, I wouldn't be here talking to you and hopefully encouraging you, but it's still hard to recognize who that girl was 10 years ago who was running around Atlanta throwing money out the car window, not literally. I guess that's something that we can unpack on another day. And this really went heavier than I intended for it to for our season finale. But thank you all for hanging out with us over the past 10 weeks. So much has happened in that amount of time. We launched this podcast. We have had a baby. We were about to start school. Like things have just been trucking along in life. And I hope that things are going well for you. Drop me a note. Come by on Instagram and say hi. Or hit me up at frugaldebtfreelife.com. I would love to know where you are in your journey. Thank you for your support for every single one of you who has subscribed to this podcast, who has left a review on iTunes or on Spotify or Stitcher or wherever it is you listen. I so appreciate every single one of you. I feel like we've had a really successful first season and that's because of you. So thank you for sharing and telling people about us. I keep saying us like, well, it's just me and Libby. 
my baby sitting over here. So there are two of us, but I will see you soon. I love you all. Thank you for listening and bye.